Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia Spares Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 1st of September, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with my colleague, Mike Rauber, and then I'll be getting all the latest on currencies and metals from Tim Gagey. But let's start with the latest market news. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Helen. And let's go straight to equity markets then and US equity market performance yesterday. Yes, absolutely. So the S&P 500 was down only a little yesterday and it posted its first down month since February. Although, uh, Helen, just to keep it in perspective, uh, the S&P 500 was down 1.8% in August. And this comes really after strong gains this year with the S&P 500 up over 17% in the first eight months of the year. And also importantly, the VIX index, a fear measure for U.S. equities, it is close to its lowest for the year. So one could say that all in all, U.S. equities are holding up well. And actually, our research thinks that even if we get some more volatility in equities, they are ready for a rise into year end. And yesterday, we got U.S. inflation data that showed only a small increase, but consumer spending was quite strong in August. What's your take uh, on this, Mike? Yes. So on the figures, the U.S. central bank's preferred measure of underlying inflation rose just 0.2% on the months in August, its smallest back-to-back monthly increase since late 2020. And inflation-adjusted consumer spending rose 0.6% on the year, implying that the consumer has had, had plenty of money to spend. And so all of this is really supporting the view in the market that the U.S. Federal Reserve will keep policy rates high well into next year. But surely Fed officials will also look at today's U.S. employment data to see if further rate hikes are needed, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Helen. So expectations are that employers added 170,000 jobs in August. This would be the third monthly number below 200,000. While still a high figure, it means a significant slowdown from the last two years when the monthly figures were much, much higher. And so some level of slowdown could be taken well by the market, as it would really help the narrative that the U.S. Federal Reserve no longer needs to raise rates, but also that it keeps, can keep at uh, around current levels. And uh, maybe I, I have to ask, Helen, are you a fan of Taylor Swift? I do like Taylor Swift, actually. Yes. Um, you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, on that note, uh, according to Bloomberg, and that's why I'm, I was asking you, The U.S. employment data released today may also show a surge in demand for leisure and hospitality workers, driven partly, as they explained, by Taylor Swift's concert tour across the United States. And only a few weeks ago, it was also reported that people jumping up and down to her music at a concert created a small earthquake. So I guess, uh, yeah, quite incredible and really shows the importance of the entertainment industry in the U.S., one could say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Heading east now, uh, China's authorities have announced some more measures to boost their fragile economy. What's the story there? Yes. So just by way of background, unlike during the 2008 global financial crisis, when China went for a big bank stimulus, it seems to be now more one of many little stimulus measures. So overnight, the country has increased measures to support its currency, property market, and it plans to expand tax breaks for childcare and education. The Chinese yuan saw some strengthening after announcing the measures, but it is now only a tad higher, and Chinese stocks are mixed. 
So it seems uh, one could argue that markets are having a real difficulty in assessing all these little measures and whether they will have a positive lasting impact over time. And coming to crypto, the US Securities and Exchange Commission has once again delayed a decision on whether it will approve spot Bitcoin ETFs. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Yeah, sure, Helen. So yes, the SEC was expected to make a ruling on whether to approve spot Bitcoin ETFs in the first days of September, but it has postponed the decision, as you said. And this is really, really a big thing when it comes to digital assets, as it is expected that an approval could mean higher Bitcoin prices and really importantly, allow investors to own digital assets like any other traditional security. Now, the focus will be on mid-October when the SEC is again expected to take a decision or not on whether to approve these ETFs. Now, Bitcoin is trading around $26,000 this morning, so just around the level at the start of the week. Okay, and just lastly then, what can we expect today? What data have we got coming out? Yeah, so I already mentioned the all-important US jobs data, but we will also get a host of surveys telling us how purchasing managers at manufacturing companies see businesses going. These data are really closely observed by economists. And so China already reported, and while still pointing towards a decline in activity, it was a little bit better than expected. Later, we will also get the data from Spain, Switzerland, Italy, and the US. And maybe lastly, just to put it all in perspective, please keep in mind, uh, it's the first day of September, and this month tends to be volatile for equities. So good luck out there in the next 30 days. And with this, back to you, Helen. Great. Thanks a lot, Mike, for the interesting roundup this morning. Thank you. Now, Tim, good morning to you firstly and welcome. Morning, Helen. Thank you very much. So this time last week, the dollar was soaring. Um, Is it still the same picture? No, not really, actually. Um, Last week, so far at least, seems to have marked uh, the short-term top for the dollar. It didn't really take all that much, actually, but some slightly weaker U.S. data was enough to take U.S. rates lower. And the U.S. 10-year was at the highs um, last Tuesday and is now down to, actually dropped about a quarter of a percent, which has calmed everyone down. The market is just permanently ahead of itself on one side or on the other, and it's so knee-jerk. So you do end up with these really quite aggressive swings back and forward. I think, if anything, the current level of dollar is still a little bit on the strong side. It's much more realistic, perhaps, than we saw a week or so ago. But as I see you're a dollar drifting towards 108 again, cable back down to 126, honestly, I'd be pretty soon keen to once again sell some dollars and buy euros, pounds, take advantage, because I still believe that from here we should see rather a weaker dollar. And with these lower US rates then, what has done well this week? Oh, the dollar has obviously generally weakened a little bit, as we heard, but I think the standout moves were really in precious metals. Platinum led the way. It jumped almost $100 uh, this month from the lows. But gold was not all that far behind. And actually, a few weeks ago, I spoke about this break of this big support, the 200-day moving average. But um, actually, that's really been undone. And yesterday, obviously, being the end of the month, we closed well above that level now. I'm still a bit skeptical about gold, honestly. It yields nothing, and it still feels expensive to me when you are basically paying about 5% a year to be long gold against the dollar. If you're long gold and regret not having taken advantage of the last couple of times when we were above 2,000, then I think setting a call is an interesting move. You can get a strike at 2,000 and a half decent premium for, I don't know, three months, say. And that's a really good way 
to both monetize a position and also hopefully even sell a bit if we do see a more sustained move higher. And apart from gold, is there anything else that's done well? Well, definitely not the yen. It doesn't really seem to matter what's going on. The yen underperforms, although at least we are off the extreme uh, lows of earlier in the week. Canadian dollar and Aussie dollar, I think probably two I'd mention, uh, look a bit brighter. These are two currencies I think I've spoken about quite a few times in the last couple of months on this uh, podcast. And it looks for now that 136 for the Canadian dollar and 0.64 for the Aussie uh, seem to be not bad levels to be long against the, the US dollar. Carries not too uh, significant either way, really. So, uh, yeah, I would probably stick to those two. Um, it's still very much of a range-bound market, generally speaking. And even most of this week has definitely felt like we were still in summer. But as Mike mentioned, it is indeed a new month. Um, and hopefully with the arrival of September, the market can shake off its sleepiness, I hope, and we can see a bit more excitement and activity because I certainly think there is plenty to do at the moment. And lastly then, uh, how about your favourite pair, long sterling against Swiss francs? How's that going? Yeah, it's going very well. Thank you for asking, Helen. Um, the reason I like being long pounds against Swiss francs, as I mentioned uh, many times, is it's just such a clean range. The last 12 months, we've been 110 to 115, with almost no exception. And the interest rate difference for that range is just huge. Um, and it's in massively in your favor if you buy pounds. So even though uh, we've rallied from 110.75 on the spot to almost 112 today, I mean, last week looked like it now looks like a really super entry point, of course, for being long. But even here, if you do buy pounds six months forward, your forward rate is below 110, which again, we haven't seen below 110 since really properly September of last year. And even then, that required the uh, mini budget disaster that, that, that we saw. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not often this clear in my mind on a trade idea. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad sign, but I still believe in it. I really don't even think you need to have Swiss franc exposure to look at this one. I just think it's the right position to have. So now hopefully everyone knows uh, more or less what they need to do. I'll leave it there. Thank you, Helen, for the chat. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And I wish you all what looks like is going to be a sunny weekend. Great. Thank you very much, Tim. Nice to speak to you this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again next week. I will be back on Monday talking to more of my colleagues about what is moving markets. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.